everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We got a great show lined up for you folks. We got to recap the 2023 NFL draft. It was a crazy draft. Some trades, I believe it broke the record for most trades in the draft. I feel like we're seeing that every single year. First round, great stuff. Dominic, before we get into that, how are you doing? Amazing, William. The show is going to be outstanding with probably the best draft that I've ever witnessed. Literally, the action was nonstop. Picks were being selected left and right. I honestly think we just witnessed one of the best drafts, at least in the past 20 years. Wow. I'm honestly, Dom, I'm with you. It's hard to argue that. First initial takes, Dominic, I'll throw it over to you after I give you my quick takes. First initial take of this draft, Dom, if we're going quickly, we're going first round. I thought the Texans won the draft. And something that I talked about prior to the draft was Houston has two picks in the first round, and they need to hit on both of them. And what do they do at number two? They don't get cute. They sit there. They draft C.J. Stroud. They needed a quarterback. They did exactly what they needed to do. Then they go and they trade up with the Arizona Cardinals. We knew teams were going to be interested in trading up with those Cardinals at three. Not only do they get two picks in the first five, they get two picks in the first three picks, and they take Will Anderson Jr., Edge, out of Alabama, who's potentially the best player in this draft. We talk about teams instantly upgrading their squad. And look, it's going to take time for CJ Stroud. He may not go in and, and kill in his first few, first few reps, first few games, even his first few seasons. That's to be expected. But talk about hope and giving your fan base hope, Dominic. I think that's exactly what the Houston Texans did. My first take is Texans, you guys get an A-plus from me. You guys won the draft. Congrats. 100% William the Houston Texans definitely improved their roster. I mean, they have a few picks also that people might not really know in Tank Dell from Houston and also Henry Toes Toes. I think that both these players are going to be also really good players in this football roster. But I mean, getting CJ Stroud, we were all worried are the Houston Texans going to drop their quarterback or are they going defense? As the draft led up to draft day, we thought it was going to be probably defense, but it ended up being C.J. Stroud. But as we saw, it wasn't only C.J. Stroud. They bring in Will Anderson. Absolutely shocker to open the draft. Personally, Houston just built the foundation. You know, D'Amico Ryans, we thought it was going to be maybe a defensive coach coming in, but no, he brought in Stroud. He's got his quarterback. Let's see what Houston's going to do. But the beginning definitely looks bright. It doesn't ever. And it takes guts to do what they did. You know, like it's not uh, you think who would not want three picks of uh, two picks in the first uh, out of the first three. And yeah, easier said than done. You still got to trade up for it. You got to do a lot of research. You got to know who you want. You got to find that trade partner. And I think that it was good for for the Cardinals there because we didn't think the Cardinals were going to sit there and draft the quarterback. Uh, I think this is a win-win for both squads here. And um and yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like, oh, are they going to take defense or are they going to go quarterback? And D'Amico Ryan said, why not both? Why not get C.J. Stroud and why not get our boy Will Anderson out of Alabama? So I think they hit it out of the park here. I'm happy for those Texans. We talk about quarterbacks. Bryce Young going number one. I don't think that was a surprise. I think that we all expected that. And then Anthony Richardson going forward to those Indianapolis Colts. So the Colts did buy into the hype. And look, he may be more of that project player. But Anthony Richardson going for, I like it here. I think it's what we both thought was going to happen, Dom. And uh, I think the system could fit well. We talk about uh, guys that are able to develop quarterbacks. And I think with the Colts and, and that system there, it could be something that um, that we see a flourish sooner rather than later. But uh, I'm happy that they went to Anthony Richardson. And I think that if you look at the first four picks of this draft, I thought the team's Hit it out of the park. And uh, yeah, Richardson, like people projected, going to the Colts. I like it. Oh, I absolutely love this pick. This, to me, was the best athlete in the draft. Anthony Richardson going to Indianapolis. Wow, baby, this is going to change the entire franchise, obviously. I think this guy has it all. He could run. He could pass. He could be a leader. 
Indianapolis to me is going to be just fine. And this is very rare that I'm going to say that you start a quarterback in his first year, but these new quarterbacks coming in, you have to start a hybrid quarterback right yeah. away. He doesn't Agreed. need to be so entrenched in the playbook. Let him play with instinct. Let him use his legs. Let him get comfortable for the NFL and find out right away. If you got yourself a prize in Anthony Richardson, Look for a guy like Michael Pittman Jr. to catch bombs all day long. This is what Anthony Richardson brings. A very, very strong arm to go deep. I expect Michael Pittman Jr. to cast at least 15 touchdowns this year. That's right. That's not an exaggeration. This guy, last year to me, blew up in the NFL. I expect his career to move forward. And he might become a one-trick pony, don't get me wrong. But I expect massive touchdown ratio between Pittman and Richardson. I think that will be a strong combo next year in the NFL. So I like that, Dom. I'm with you on your take there. I kind of like starting quarterbacks. Do you think a guy like Anthony Richardson, who may be quote-unquote more of a project, get him out there, let him make his mistakes, and let him learn from it early on in his career? That's kind of your take. Well, normally, you know, this is like a different type of quarterback. I would literally sit... Like they might do this in Carolina. Bryce Young might not see the field next season. To me, that's another amazing way to develop a quarterback because he needs to gain his confidence because he's all going to have to be cerebral up in Carolina. He's going to have to read a lot of plays, and that takes at least a year to really get comfortable with your playbook to give yourself confidence. Richardson, more like an instinct player. This guy's going to be running left and right, probably running for his life on a lot of plays. It's going to be up to him to be the magician that he could be. And like I said, find Michael Pittman probably very deep, very often for those coats. Good stuff. Love the take there, Dom. Could not agree with you more. If we look at the top 10, Dom, and we and we round that out, we got Seattle taking Devon Witherspoon, getting a cornerback there. We got the Cardinals taking offensive tackle, Paris Johnson. Raiders going defense, taking Tyree Wilson. We got Bijan Robinson, Dominic, our boy, guy that we talked about going with the Atlanta Falcons. I think this fit is going to be perfect. I did not see him going to Atlanta. I'm not going to lie. I thought he'd maybe slip to the Eagles there. However, the Eagles get Jalen Carter, defensive tackle. And then we got Darnell Wright going to the Chicago Bears, offensive tackle. You round out the top 10 for me, if we're looking at my other top favorite picks, Robinson, I think he fits Atlanta perfectly, right? The Falcons want to run the football. And who better to do that than Bajon Robinson? Look, I know they don't have Marcus Mariota. And I know it may be Desmond Ritter taking QB1 snaps. And he's not the runner that Mariota was. But I think this football team is still going to be a run-first team. That's their identity. And it's super hard to pass up on a guy like Robinson. So I love that pick there for the Falcons. And then Jalen Carter sitting there at night for the Eagles. How can you pass up on a guy like this? The Eagles said, nah we're taking him arguably the best defensive player in the draft for me he was my best defensive player and of course he's got the off the field issues there was able to slide to nine hopefully he's able to get all that stuff sorted out but man the eagles did the eagles ever have a big draft day dom because we talk about their draft picks jalen carter they're going nine picking a lot of georgia boys speaking of those georgia boys dandre swift a massive trade Come draft day, he's taking his talents to the Fly Eagles fly, and he is no longer a member of the Detroit Lions, but will now play with the Philadelphia Eagles, them getting a fourth and a seventh round pick to the Lions. I want to get your initial take here, Dom. For me, I was a little bit surprised. I know Swift is injury prone, and I know he's had his fair share of issues of staying on the football field. But I can't help but feel like they gave up maybe a little too prematurely on a guy like Swift because I thought they could have given him one more year. But yeah, massive trade. DeAndre Swift taking his talents to the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, maybe up to Gibbs from Alabama to try and take his spot early on in his career. You know, I think the Eagles had a very bizarre draft. I've never seen a franchise load up on one team for their entire defensive roster. Now, that's like saying... Two years ago, you know, let's just say Georgia's playing at its peak. You're going to bring in all this roster that played almost all together two years ago, and you're going to have them all face NFL superstars, men that are ready to play, not college football players. This will be the million-dollar question. Can this recipe equal success? If it was that easy, I think we would have already saw it somewhere down the line in previous years, and we have it. So, I'm going to say this is not going to work. I think they've overloaded on Georgia players. Philadelphia did. And I watched Jalen Carter's tape again and again. I had him not even that strongly rated in the first place. 
and he's taking over Javon Hargrave's position, which, trust me, Hargrave is the real deal. We saw what he could do in Pittsburgh. We saw what he can do, obviously, in the, with the Eagles. Jalen Carter, as good as he might be, and as good as may, people have him pegged to be the superstar, I'm a bit confused with the overloading of Georgia players in Philadelphia. And then bringing in DeAndre Swift, okay, very talented back to catch the football, but you're already loaded at the running back position. I'm not sure if that was a wise thing to do. I think Kenneth Gainwell could have very well been number one in Philadelphia. Rashad Penny, they signed him as a free agent. The one thing that they do have is depth. If someone gets injured, someone can easily slide right in and they'll be just fine. So on that front, it was a good move, but did they overpay? Maybe. It's all about your interpretation of the trade. So to me, the Eagles, on paper, everything looks like a, oh my God, boom. But I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Just like I said last year, I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan. He's got a different offensive line. Prove me wrong, Jalen Hurts. Go have yourself another fantastic year, which you probably will. Because you guys got you got AJ Brown out there, and you got obviously Devontae Smith, two superstars in the offense. Let's hope everything gels. And if it does, then perhaps. But I see this team being only competitive if they keep their confidence going only three years from now. Wow. I, I get what you're saying, Dom. And I think that, look, obviously a lot of it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts, to this offense. And uh, look, they have, we know this team loves to run the football. For me, I just look at it in a sense that we, did this team get better? And I, and I really feel like they did. We talk about, you know, areas to improve and maybe get over, I don't want to say get over the hump, obviously, because they made it to the Super Bowl, but bettering your team in order to win that Super Bowl this year. And I thought that these guys did a pretty good job doing that, getting Swift. Okay, for sure he's got inj his injury concerns, excuse me, but um, but he's still going to be that, that running back that could, you know, play on first, second, and on third down. And we talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. And that defense, that defense was historic this year and over the last few seasons in that unit. So why not try and get a unit that's played together, that knows a certain system, that knows each other's tendencies and put them on, put them in there and let them, you know, kind of do their work. I think that this is kind of the quote unquote safest thing to do, right? You talk about chemistry. Chemistry is huge in the NFL. And I really feel like on the defensive side of the ball, that may not be talked about enough. We talk about chemistry with a quarterback and a receiver, a quarterback with a running back, and you know, our running back with his offensive lineman. But Georgia's defense, Dom, was it was absolutely incredible. They were like literally shutting teams out. So I think if you're gonna draft some some players on uh, on a one D line, it's gotta be the Georgia Bulldogs. And that's exactly what this Eagles team did. And I thought you know, sitting there at nine with Carter, I just thought he was too good of a of a, an asset to pass up on. Um so I get where you're coming from. We gotta be able to wait and see what happens there. But my initial take is I thought the Eagles did do a, a pretty good job uh, over the course of the draft and the offseason so far, and what they were able to do. Uh, I thought they, they bettered their team, and especially in that division with uh, you know you got teams like the Giants coming uh, coming out of the woodshed and uh, and bettering their team. That'll be something to follow. Um, Thirteen there, we got Lucas Van Ness, linebacker, going to the Green Bay Packers. We got your Steelers taking Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, and we got the Jets going uh, Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa State. What were your thoughts on uh, Broderick Jones, Tom, as, as a Steelers fan? I'm 50-50, William. I mean, to me, he's going to have to add a bit more weight. I think that there's going to be a little bit of pressure that he's going to slide right in and everything's going to be fine. I'll have to see to really judge it properly, but right now it's a value pick. And you can't go wrong with that. You gotta trust the coaching staff. You gotta trust the system. So, but I'm not like amazed, but I was really happy to see who they got with their second pick in Porter. Well, we'll definitely jump onto that later on. That we got the New England Patriots surprisingly taking Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. He was not supposed to be available. Uh, there was a few mock drafts that had him going actually in the top ten. I think even as high as seven there. That I think you know you talk about the Patriots and their secondary. This may be a defensive first team. How weird is that to say with all the success they had in New England? But Christian Gonzalez, long, lanky, a uh, guy that moves very good laterally. And uh, and I think that the, the talk about value pick here, I think the Patriots did a great job getting Gonzalez. Surprised he was available, but they improved their secondary right away. Oh, amazing pick. Not only was it an amazing pick for them, it's an amazing trade as well because – a lot of people have Broderick Jones, you know, as a really good tackle. So why not trade him out of your division if he's not, if you're not going to take him, trade him away and then get yourself a great DB. Like when I say great, this guy's going to be a notch above the rest. This guy fits New England very well 
I expect Belichick and his defensive schemes to work out as they normally do. So we could see how New England was going to tackle this year, Buffalo. And now with Aaron Rodgers coming in that division, they'll definitely need really good DBs. They got Gonzalez. I think it's a great selection among others. You got to trust the system. You got to trust Belichick. And I think that everything will be just fine this year to keep New England competitive. All they need is to find out who will be their QB. And the more that the season's progressing, the more that I think Billy Zappi is going to wow. outduel Mac Jones in New England. Hey, it should be good stuff. Something to follow in the offseason for sure. So we got the NFL drafts from 2023 to continue to recap. We saw a bunch of trades. Obviously, we know we're going to dissect the first round here mainly, but we'll talk later on about some uh, some great value picks that we saw in the second, third, maybe even later on in the draft. Uh, so we're at pick number 18 now, Down We got the Detroit Lions saying Jack, uh, Jack Campbell, uh, linebacker out of Iowa. That defense has been great uh, for a while, so got to think that's a pretty solid pick over there. Uh, Kalijah Canty there, DT out of Pittsburgh, going to Tampa Bay. I like that pick. We talk about a guy that, uh, you know, it uh, fits uh, fits what this defense likes to do. I think a uh, big, strong defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh is exactly the way to go for the Bucks. 20, we got uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State, a wide receiver that I really liked, my number one wide receiver. We talk about winners and losers in the draft, and I think Geno Smith won this draft. He's got another great receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. You got Tyler Lockett. You got DK Metcalf. You got guys now that are game breakers. You got guys now that could switch the switch the field in a heartbeat in one play. And not only did the Seattle Seahawks decide to keep Geno Smith, but they decided to give him another new toy and another, another new weapon. And uh, I think for Seattle, we see where this team is headed. We know they like to run the football. We know they pride themselves on defense. But they say, look, we got Geno Smith. He had a great year. We want to help him up, and let's continue to keep uh, keep building on on the offensive side of the ball. And they get themselves another very solid wide receiver now out of Ohio State. A hundred percent agree with you. I believe that Seattle is in the top three in this year's draft, having done a fantastic job. I mean, this team loaded up hardcore. Devin Witherspoon, the best DB in the draft. Jackson Smith and Jingba. Probably one of the top rideouts. I think he probably might be at the end the best right uh, rideout because they got guys like DK Metcalf that's going to yeah. pay the double coverage, and Jackson Smith will be half will have to just do it himself, you know, in the slot, helping out Gino and uh, really being a safety blanket, which I think will fit that role exactly how it should. Derek Hall, edge out of Auburn. I mean, these three first picks are outstanding. And then on top of that, to add the cherry on top, other backs that are going to help that backfield in Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. And they yeah. snuck in a late one with Kenny McIntosh as their seventh round pick. This team is full of depth at running back. So Pete Carroll, just coach. That's all you got to do. Do what your job is, is, which is a head coach in the NFL, and you will succeed. Guaranteed this team is a playoff team, and I can't wait to see personally what Devin Witherspoon brings to that defense. I think that we're seeing the Legion of Boom coming back. Bobby Wagner is going to lead the way, and Seattle will be in the playoffs next year. I like it. And yes, Charbonnet, a great value pick there. I'm glad you mentioned him running back out of UCLA. I always liked him. I saw some of his tape, and uh, he is shifty and can cut on a dime. This is exactly where the run on wide receivers started. We got Jonathan, Jackson Smith and Jigba going. 20 to Seattle. Then 21, we got Quinton Johnson, wide receiver, TCU. 22, we got Zay Flowers going to Baltimore. And 23, we got Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC, going to those Minnesota Vikings. Let's dissect all three of these. I think all three of these were great. I really do. And we talked about the Chargers. And what did they need to do to solidify themselves as a great playoff team? Not just team, playoff team. We know this team is good enough to make the playoffs, but year after year, they seem to fall short in the playoffs. And a lot of that is due to Mike Williams and his injury concerns, right? He's just not able to stay on the field. So why not get a similar type wide receiver in Quinton Johnson, their wide receiver on a TCU? I was watching the draft, and I was surprised to see the, the few knocks on him, one of them being... A lot of his catches are, are body type catches. You know, he doesn't really necessarily go out there and, and stretch his arms and, and attack that ball. And... 
that's huge in the NFL, right? You're not going to wait for the ball to come to you. Um, and, uh, and you know, especially with how good these defenders are, and you're not going to be open in the NFL like you were at TCU. So that's going to be something he has to work on. But other than that, I think the upset for Johnson is great. And I think that pairing him up, we talk about Jackson Smith and Jingba having two great wide receivers beside him. The same thing now with Quentin Johnson. Maybe a lot of pressure will be off of him because you're going to see uh, – Keenan Allen get double teamed. A lot of attention will be on Mike Williams. So this guy may fly under the radar for the first couple of games for this uh, Chargers offense. And I think he can make an immediate difference there. Dom, another new toy for uh, for youngster Justin Herbert now to work with. Uh, all three of these receivers you mentioned, Johnson, Flowers, and Addison, seem to have landed at the right spot. Yes. Yes. The Chargers get Johnston. I think that Johnston, to me, it's all going to be about chemistry in the locker room because I know Keenan Allen wants the ball every single play. Will Quinton Johnston be able to accept that and play his role? That's going to be a tough pill to swallow because he was the guy at TCU. I don't know if he was happy landing there, but one thing for sure is the Chargers offense is going to be able to put up points to play against those Kansas City Chiefs. That is a guarantee. I think if he plays his role properly and he becomes a play-action receiver, he doesn't command a lot of attention and has a lot of jump balls in the red zone, this will be probably a steal for the Chargers with Quinton Johnson. That's how I see it for the Chargers. They address their defense through free agency. Now it's up for their offense to put the points on the board. And most importantly, it's up for their head coach not to get fired this year because he should have got fired last year. No more excuses for those Chargers. It's Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, as you know, as it should be, right? As it should be. This team is good. Herbert's been, you know, he's been in the NFL for a while now. He understands the system. Chargers, let's go bolt up, start making some noise. And then, yes, I think, Dominic, you hit... Uh you hit the uh, the nail on the head there saying this, the where these wide receivers land are perfect. Talk about Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Right? He goes from not even going to be playing on this team anymore. He's staying in Baltimore. He gets his deal. He gets OBJ. He gets Zay Flowers now. A great slot. This man, this Ravens team loves their slot receivers. I don't know what it is, but they love themselves, their slot receivers. A short guy in Flowers, but, uh, you know, a speedster, a guy that can take the top off of defenses just the same. And you look at, like, a type of pick the Ravens like – and Flowers is the guy, right? Boston College, a guy that, you know, is undersized. But he was compared a little bit to Steve Smith. Then if you could get anything of what Steve Smith brought to the Ravens when he played there, this will be a win for the Baltimore Ravens. You got Jordan Addison there, wide receiver, USC. I like this pick because I feel like people don't realize the loss Adam Thielen will bring to this Vikings team. He was wide receiver too. I get that. He was nowhere near what Justin Jefferson is and will even be later on in his NFL career. But he was a big presence for this team, was Adam Thielen. He was big on third downs and then clutch downs and moving the ball for this offense. So I think Addison now and what he brings out of USC will be a great addition to this Minnesota Vikings team. And I think he's going to fit there like a glove dom. Both those selections are going to be really good. Let's talk about Baltimore really quick. Flowers, he's going to play the slot. You know, yeah. I think Baltimore's created a team that reminds me a lot of the, I think it was the 2000 Ravens team when they had Shannon Sharp. And you could say that Odell Beckham is going to play the Shannon Sharp role. You know, Bateman's going to come back this year. And then you add Zay Flowers to play the slot. Offensively, Lamar's got no excuses, buddy. You got to literally bring this team to the promised land as well. Like they give you the money. Now you got the weapons. Now it's time to go ball out. I think the Ravens are going to be very dangerous this year. Very, very dangerous. I'm not sure how that offensive line is going to hold up, but with Lamar's athletic abilities, I don't think it's going to matter. It's going to be Lamar, find your guy. They're going to be open. One of them is going to be open because those are three really solid receivers adding to your football team. I think the Ravens are going to be just fine. But as for the Vikings, you know, as much as I love Addison, I think this is a project pick. I think this guy's going to be accelerating in terms of his development but it's going to take probably at least three years to be where he wants he has to add some weight he's a very thin smaller receiver but mm -hmm. he's he's going to fit adam thielen's position just well but as you can see you lose thielen you know you you add a rookie wide receiver they did the same thing when they lost Diggs and they had yeah. jefferson so how is this team improving? That's my problem with the Vikings is I don't see them improving. I see them staying stagnant. And that's going to be up to the head coach to prove me wrong and really put some good game plans together to get Addison and Jefferson to really accelerate at a high level and win that division again. Because if they don't, I think this will be a bust of a pick because you're supposed to improve. How is this team improving, William? 
You're right, though, and you talk about that and Dalvin Cook, right? A lot of question marks surrounding him, it looks like, because not only do they uh, have great receivers, and, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has been putting up the numbers, even though I'm not a huge fan of his, they love to run the football, right? And if they lose Dalvin Cook, yeesh, I'm not sure that's going to be great for this franchise. So I think that's a great question to, um, to, you know, to ponder there, Dom. And look, improving or not, for me, it's just the quarterback position. Cousins not a guy I trust, right? And, you know, I've said it on the show very often. He can put up all the numbers. He could, you know, start winning more clutch games. I just don't know if he's the guy in Minnesota. And I think a lot of that has to do with their lack of improvement, like you'd mentioned. Pick 24. William, yeah. Do you think TJ Hawkinson can save this franchise next year? Because he, to me, really did an amazing job last year coming in as a free agent. Or actually had the trade online, I should say. Yeah. And that was a piece of the puzzle that Kirk really needed to have because I think that he loves to throw to the tight end. And if he could play maybe 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, he could potentially save that offense. So I'm going to pretty much put it that way. I think yeah. this season will lie on whether or not TJ Hawkinson delivers the goods at the tight end position. What are your thoughts on that? I love that pick. When they got Hawkinson, I said that was perfect. They were kind of missing that you know, tight end since Kyle Rudolph was gone and, you know, since he kind of fell off the map. I really liked it. Now, can he improve this offense? Yes. Did he already look great in this offense at the end of last season, 100%. End of the day, he has to catch passes from his quarterback, Kirk Cousins, right? And Kirk Cousins, is, I know it's a knock on him, and he's been kind of like this meme of like, oh, man, he's been getting overpaid. And he's not a bad quarterback. By no stretch of the imagination, is he a bad quarterback? But you talk about this team not being able to make a little bit more noise in the playoffs. For me, I can't help but wonder if it's because of Kirk Cousins. So Hawkinson, yes, great addition last year. I feel like he, you know, he's he's great alongside Stephon Diggs and now Addison as well. Can he make up for the lack of production by his quarterback in clutch situations? I, I don't think so. We haven't really seen that over the course of Kirk Cousins' career. He's going to continue to have to prove doubters wrong, unfortunately, until he's able to potentially even get to the Super Bowl. Um, that's just how it is at the quarterback position. A great pick at 25. We talk about tight ends. Dalton Kincaid, the Buffalo Bills trading up to get him at 25. Tight end out of Utah. I was surprised not to see Michael Mayer being the first tight end taken off the board. He was the third tight end taken off the board. But you really can't go on with Dalton Kincaid. And we talk about this offense. What is this offense missing in Buffalo? They got the wide receivers. They got the quarterback. Okay, yes, of course they're missing a running back, but they have never really been a run-first team. Dalton Kincaid, I think if you get a solid tight end to put, you know, pair him alongside the guys that they already have there. And Knox has been good. Ray's been good for this uh, this Buffalo Bills squad. Not a game-breaker there. I love this pick for the Buffalo Bills. We talk about need. This was a need for those the Bills team. I think you talk about a guy that can stretch the field with great hands that's tall. Another big target for Josh Allen coming in the red zone. And, you know, he wants to differentiate his game, does Josh Allen. He says he wants to run the ball less. When you got a guy like Dalton Kincaid now that you could chuck the ball to and help make plays, I think this is exactly what the Buffalo Bills needed. We talk about picks and value picks and needs. This could be the biggest need filled in the first round for me, uh, where the Buffalo Bills getting Dalton Kincaid at 25. This makes this team that much more electric than they already were. Yeah, I like, I like your rationale there. They have to produce a little bit more offense. I mean, how can I say a little bit more? They've already produced a lot. But I'm not a big fan of Gabe Davis. I think that he's a one-trick pony, and uh, we need more offense in Buffalo than a one-trick pony. They have Stephon Diggs, but if you put three guys on Stephon Diggs, and that offensive line is only really made for the pass block, they have a lot of problems running the ball up in Buffalo. Now, did they address that? You know, they have James Cook, who I absolutely think uh, is a great football player. They added two veterans, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray. That's going to help to add some depth. So to answer your question, yes, I think that adding a tight end here is a really smart thing to do because you got to be able to have a different kind of unique offensive style. And, and going with a two tight end set is going to be different in that division. You're going to have to play against strong defenses with the Jets who have Shaws Gardner, and we saw what he could do against the Fawn Diggs. So this is kind of a gadget player, uh, Dalton Kincaid is. 
I think Dawson Knox still will be the tight end, the number one guy, and Dalton Kincaid will add some confusing elements come to the red zone. That's where I think Buffalo did a great job is adding a guy who can really help their red zone offense and deliver their goods and deliver those touchdowns that are going to be much needed against teams like Kansas City. Well, that's the thing where you're going to have to be able to score. You have to be able to score, put up points, especially in the AFC now. So, yeah, for me, I think that uh, that's a great pick there for the Buffalo Bills. Like I said, I was surprised to see how far Michael Mayer slide, but it is what it is. We've got the Dallas Cowboys at 26, taking Mazzy Smith out of Michigan. Uh, what were your thoughts on that pick, Dom? They go defensive tackle. I don't want to say uh, necessarily maybe not the sexiest pick there, but if it pans out, it'll be great. And we talk about a team that needs to figure out sides of, uh, the defensive side of the football. The Cowboys they had some question marks on uh, on that side. So they get a big guy out of Michigan. Great defense. Well coached there. Mazzy Smith going to the Cowboys. I'm guessing it's a safe pick. Yeah. I love it. It's not a sexy pick. The defense know what they're doing. You got to trust the system, but I really, really don't like it. I do love who they got as their linebacker in Overshone. I think that Overshone kid is going to be better uh, for that defense than this pick. This pick is just one of those safe picks, and I'm going to have to wait and see uh, how it pans out, but I wasn't big on this Dallas pick. I'm kind of with you on that. Of uh, The last picks there in the first round, I like the Miles Murphy pick going to Cincinnati Bengals. Six foot five, 268 pounds. Uh, was a first uh, team all ACC player in 2022. I like him. Uh, I like his pick too. Glasses, a guy that looks like a, a smart, heck of a smart player too as well. He's good. He'll throw guys aside. And I think that something that I like about him is he gets his hands up, right? We talk about defensive, uh, sorry, edges. When you're not going to make the sack, what do you do? You throw your hands up. And often that either results in a tip ball or it takes away a passing lane for the quarterback. He's a smart player. He's a guy that's good. And he's a guy that's, uh, that's had great success out of Clemson, where you talk about a, a program that's had the most success over the last five to 10 years. You can argue it is the Clemson Tigers. So Miles Murphy, great pick there for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, a Super Bowl contender team that's already getting better. Cincinnati absolutely destroyed this draft. They are in my, also in my top three best teams. Wow. I mean, wow. How can they get Miles Murphy this late? Yeah. There might be something that I'm not seeing, but I have this guy, you know, almost as good as Vaughn Miller. I mean, that's big shoes to fill. Don't get me wrong, but Cincinnati did amazing by drafting Miles Murphy. I'm very jealous. That guy's going to be probably the best edge in this draft. DJ Turner also in round two in Jordan battle, three defensive picks to really uh, go against any offense in that AFC North. Cincinnati will be hard to beat this year. They might make it all the way and win it all. Damn, I like the take. That basically rounds out the first round. We talk about players that were drafted. How about players that weren't drafted, Dominic? A few guys that surprised you. Uh, I'll throw it over to you in just a sec. But Will Levi not being drafted in the first round. Some people had him going as high as number four to the Indianapolis Colts. And you can see he was visibly frustrated at the draft. And uh, for a second, second round uh, draft pick, he ended up taking very early on from the Tennessee Titans, decided to stay home, be with his family there. But yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, on Will out of Kentucky not being taken in the first round? Uh, it's like kind of an ego thing. Everybody wants to be drafted in the first round. You get more yeah. money, yada, yada, yada. I think he landed in a perfect spot with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they're changing gears, you know, slowly but surely might go a little bit more pass heavy like the rest of the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in Tennessee. It will be. And, you know, you talk about guys that are able to potentially come in and take over a franchise. Now, look, we debate here. Do guys, should guys sit? Should guys not sit? You know, if Ryan Tannehill is not cutting in for the Tennessee Titans and it really doesn't look like Malik Willis is either, I could see Will uh, Levi being able to compete for the starting job uh, come week one. I know it's early and it may be premature, but I think, look, yeah, Coach Fable is going to say, we're going to put our guys there. Whoever impresses the most in uh, in training camp and in the preseason will start. So that could be just the case for Tennessee. I think we talk about a team that needs a quarterback. It's the Titans, and I think that we talk about fit has been the uh, fit's been the kind of the, the theme of the show so far, and I think that's a great fit. We skipped over Joey Porter Jr. Dominic uh, being paired up with his dad now out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got to give you credit because you called this one. I think you said it would happen in the first round, but still the first pick of the second round, nonetheless, the thirty-second pick. So I guess 
technically you can say still the first round. Uh, yeah, Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State, taking his talents to the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, joining a great defense and being paired up with his dad. 100%. It's the Steelers' way. I love the fact that they add players that fit a culture that's been enriched in the community for a long time. And Porter, anybody knows Joey Porter in Pittsburgh, obviously. Now we're going to get his son. I think it's fantastic. We got guys already, the Watt brothers. We got the Hayward brothers. Now we got another guy that has a good culture that's going to bring a name back to Pittsburgh, which is Porter. We got ourselves a good DB that's going to be able to shut down maybe Jamar Chase. Tough task to, to put on him really quick, but that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to go one-on-one -on -one against the best. And I think by year three, maybe not the first year, but by year three, he'll be right where he needs to be. I think you said it well, Dom. It's the Steelers' way. It's the Steelers' pick. I like it there. We talk about Hawkinson out of the Detroit Lions. Well, they get Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa. A good pick for them over there. And then right after was the third tight end taken in the draft, Michael Mayer out of Las Vegas. I think this was a great pick for the Raiders. Both teams for the needs, right? You lose uh, Hawkinson, okay, you get a tight end. Michael Mayer, obviously one of the best tight ends in the country out of Notre Dame. Well, what happens when you lose Darren Waller? You try and bring a similar type tight end uh, from college football to uh, to replace uh, a guy that uh, you know, was huge for this team and another new weapon for Jimmy Garoppolo. What were your thoughts on those two picks, Tom, the two tight ends taken at 34 and 35? I'm not sure about the Detroit Lions one. That's kind of like a, a bit out of the left field. you got to trust the system for, for Detroit. But thank God the Raiders got Michael Mayer because I was going to rip them a new one with a very questionable first-round pick. This team needs to hit home runs. Again, I'm going to be on the Raiders all year long. This team, to me, needs to start over from fresh. And I guess let Michael Mayer be a guy that you keep around because this guy's going to be an all-around tight end to play either run block, either pass catching. Great guy from Notre Dame. I think the Raiders nailed one with Michael Mayer. But boy, man, I'm, I'm really, really questioning the Raiders' decision at uh, in the first round. And let's just hope Michael Mayer ends up kind of like erasing that first pick because I really don't like who they brought in as an edge rusher for the Raiders. Yeah, you talk about out of left field. That was kind of what I thought that was a little bit out of left field there and uh, the uh, the edge out of Texas Tech. But, yeah, I think, you know, Mayer, felt, not only does he feel a need, but, you know, he's a guy that can just stretch the field. It's almost like that like a slot-ish wide receiver, not the fastest, but a guy that's going to move the chains. And what I like about him is he's going to catch contested footballs. And in the NFL, and with uh, with his lack of speed, he's not going to create a lot of space. And, you know, what does that call for? That calls a lot of guys, you know, kind of right at your back and being draped all over. And this is a guy that can make catches with any defender on his back. So great pick there for the Raiders. So we're going to round out now what was a great 2023 NFL draft. Right now we're kind of in that second round. Dom, what were kind of your favorite picks of the second round? If you look at the, the second round overall as a whole, we got, uh, you know, a mix of defensive players, offensive players, obviously quarterbacks being taken to. Uh, we got some more wide receivers, cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, what was uh, one of your favorite uh, picks or, uh, in, the, in the second round of this draft? Well, I'm going to go with your alma mater there, Notre Dame and Isaiah Foskey. The Saints nailed this pick. I think that the Saints always have a great defense and they're just injecting another solid, solid player in Foskey. I think that as an edge wrestler, you can ask for a better prototype than that guy. I like that. And, you know, you talk about uh, positions and positions of need now. Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Mississippi. Some thought he was going to go in the first round. He ends up being taken pick 39 overall in this draft. Another weapon for Bryce Young. We can stick with Carolina a little bit now. What are your, I guess you can say, expectations for the Panthers now in their first year? I know it'll be Bryce Young's obviously rookie year in the NFL. They got a few new faces. Adam Thielen, obviously Mingo now. And, uh, and you know, they have uh, guys that, that are going to have to uh, really step it up for a guy like Bryce Young. And, of course, a lot of questions, right, surrounding Bryce Young's height and, uh, you know, if he's going to be able to see over those tall players in the NFL. What do you expect for Carolina in their first year? Is it more of a rebuilding year? I mean, it probably is a rebuilding year. Do you think there's a chance they kind of surprise people and maybe fight for a wild card spot potentially for that division as well? Or do you think this year is all about getting Bryce Young in there and, uh, you know, seeing what, to, what they have in the, in the former Heisman winner? 
No, I honestly think they're going to be pleasantly surprised because this team is doing it right. You're, you're drafting a guy number one overall. Most of the time, everyone's throwing in him in the fire. But Bryce Young is not a kind of guy you want to throw in the fire right away. He's obviously, he has to add a lot of weight, in my opinion, because it'll only take a couple of hits before this guy's going to get injured at this height and this size. So have him hit the weights, have him learn the playbook, and bring him in year two. That is the recipe for success for a quarterback with Bryce Young's abilities and stature. So what can I expect for next year for Carolina? The Andy Dalton show. This guy's a veteran and could he could lead this team in the playoffs. I really do think the veterans they brought in and Adam Thielen, I think that that's a great offensive weapon. And Miles Sanders, that's a very underrated running back when healthy. So those two guys are great guys to build on. And I think Carolina will challenge for the division. It's a pretty weak division. It but is. that defense is pretty solid to keep them competitive in every single divisional game. So expect Carolina to be there till the very end. Good stuff there. I'm with you. Yeah, I think they can surprise some people too. And you know what uh, they're calling card now is the fact that, look, it is a wide open division. Brady's gone. I don't even know who the favorites are. I'm curious to see what uh, Las Vegas decides to put as the favorites entering this NFL season of who is going to win that division. Talk about big picks. I already talked about before. Zach Charbonnet running back out of UCLA. Seattle Seahawks, a team that loves throwing the football. And I think a guy that's going to, uh, you know, maybe uh, catch a few people and teams off guard this season. Another pick I like, the last pick of this round, Marvin Mims Jr., wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Um you know, wide receivers out of Oklahoma, sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. But Russell Wilson obviously had a god-awful year this year. Why not go out there, get him more uh, wide receivers and get him more weapons? Because this Broncos offense, unfortunately, just can't stay healthy. And whether, whether it's Hamler, Jerry Judy, or Cortland Sutton, unfortunately, just are not able to stay on the field. So that's a pick I like there. Marvin Jones Jr., Marvin Mims Jr., excuse me, out of, uh, out of Oklahoma there for those Denver Broncos. Uh, we jump to the third round, Dominic. We got uh, obviously quite a few stack players, as we know. It was a, uh, it was quite the draft. Any uh, any surprises or, or picks that you think uh, you know are maybe being overlooked there out of uh, out of the third round in this NFL draft? Well, I mentioned Tank Dell, wide receiver out of Houston. The Houston nailed it this year in the draft. They bring in a wide receiver that they desperately need. Now he might not just play amazing right off the bat, but in the next three years, I think people are going to remember. Tank Dell out of this draft for Houston. It's all about chemistry now. Let's see if he can develop chemistry with CJ Stroud, but that would be my guy as a steal in the third round. That's a good one as well. I'm going to stick with the wide receiver and go Jalen Hyatt, Dom. He was a guy that, you know, you and I had talked about. He was on our radar. I really did not think he was going to get lost all the way to the third round. I thought there was a chance he got taken in the first round, latest second. Daniel Jones gets a new weapon now. I like what the Giants are doing. The Giants are doing it right. They're going up there. They're paying their quarterback that deserves the money or deserves at least a new contract that he got. They go get Darren Waller, a big target for him. They go get Jalen Waller and Jalen Hyde, another big target for him. Because there's no surprise and there's no beating around the bush and that this, this wide receiver core of the New York Giants is not that good. Right? Like this was a team that... Surprised that they made the playoffs just because their lack of uh, weapons on the offensive side of the ball. It's a lot of Saquon Barkley, and now maybe that pressure will be alleviated off him just a little bit because they got themselves a great receiver in Jalen Hyatt. But they get to pair alongside Darren Waller. These are big targets right now for Daniel Jones. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the Giants. I think this is a team that you know may not uh, you know contend for a Super Bowl in the next few seasons, but is at least doing it the right way. And we pride teams on doing it the right way. And I think that's exactly what this Giants team is doing. Yeah, I agree. They've addressed their defensive little holes in the free agent market. Now they're going after those little holes in the offensive side of the football and at the wide receiver position. Jalen Hyatt, at one point, I was just like, oh, please don't land in Kansas City. Please don't land in Kansas City. <laughs> and for whatever reason, he didn't. And I was just like, oh, thank God, because this guy could very well be uh, the next Tyreek Hill. I mean, we're always looking for the next Tyreek Hill, but this guy has blazing saddle speed. So. Add another weapon for that for Daniel Jones. This team could only get better offensively. I do like uh, Isaiah Hodgins. I think he came out of nowhere. And they also brought in uh, Paris Campbell from Indianapolis. So slowly but surely, I think this wide receiver core will be just fine. And we talked about last year, Wendell Robinson. Uh, he was starting off pretty darn good. 
So we can't forget about him as a slot receiver. He could do some great things. So Daniel Jones, now nobody's going to underestimate you this year. We expect big things, and we expect you to at least make the playoffs. And I think the Giants are a playoff team as we speak. Do we jo- do we ever? Pressure is on our boy Daniel Jones. Two other running backs taken in the, in the third round. One of them, Tajay Spears, running back Tulane for the Tennessee Titans. I like this pick. Look, we got to assume Derrick Henry is going to stay in Tennessee. Of course, there was rumors about him moving on. Whether he does or doesn't, I think this is a good value pick here for the uh, Tennessee Titans there. And he could be a good running back, too, for this team. If, uh, obviously, if that's uh, Derrick Henry stays put. And, you know, he's going to, Henry, he's been overworked. He's going to need times to take the take a, a few steps off the football field, take some breaths, and I don't know if he can continue to carry the ball 30, 35 times a game. So I think getting a guy like Spears is good here for Tennessee. Another one I like here, i got to give props to my Dolphins, Devon Acne. Uh, incredible speed. I think the only faster player on the team of Miami right now than him is, uh, is Tyreek Hill. Faster than Waddle, faster than Raheem Moster. Uh, Devon Acne, I didn't think he'd be available this Late in the draft, but look, obviously there's an incredible amount of players. So I think both these teams, uh, Tennessee and Miami, getting their great running backs in Spears and Acne. And Miami just continued to add on the speed uh, for this team, getting Chosen Anderson in the offseason. So uh, this could be a fun offense come uh, come the start of this 2023 season. I'm not sure I'm going to have to give you the benefit of the doubt on this pick. Okay, uh, I you, think that you. they already have Raheem Moster and they already have Jeff Wilson Jr. Now they're adding another running back to, I guess, to add depth. But was there not any other holes the Miami Dolphins could have filled other than a position that I think mm-hmm. they're pretty set at? So I'm going to say this is not a great pick and uh, the Miami Dolphins should have uh, probably gone somewhere else. But what uh, did you see in Devon Acne's abilities that will put him potentially over the top? You mentioned speed. Is there anything else that you liked about his play? Yeah, there's speed. He had a really good game against Alabama. And I think whenever you kind of factor that in, in the great defense, like Alabama coach against Nick Saban, that is kind of, uh, you know, something that uh, that you keep an eye on for. And it's his, his speed from like two to three. They're kind of the second to third step where he's able to flow by defenders. I think his cuts are great too. And obviously as a running back, you got to be able to uh, to kind of read off of the offensive tackles and where your blocks are heading up. And I feel like does he have speed, but he's also patient enough. And I think it's kind of a great, a great mix to have there. So look, Miami, you talk about the running back position. They haven't solidified a number one running back for a while. Most are, yeah, he's been great for them. But I think they kind of want to put the pedal to the metal and see if, uh, you know, Akini can maybe take some of that pressure off of him. So, yeah. Hey, William, William. Yeah. Let's start a rumor. Let's start a rumor because I love starting rumors. And you know <laughs> okay. what? Why do I believe that this team is not who I think this team will be come week one in the NFL? I'm going to start the rumor that do you think Tom Brady – is going to play the Miami Dolphins next year. Because I look at this team right now, and they didn't upgrade. And the whole reason why they didn't get a first-round draft pick is was the debacle of trying (laughs) to poach Tom Brady. And that's why they lost the first-round draft pick. Having said that, why not continue in that direction? Brady, admittedly, when he was at the press conference about two weeks ago, kind of skirted around a question about retirement. I see a hole at tight end. I see a hole potentially at quarterback, even to a kind of thinking, should I retire? Should I not retire? Why do I see Gronkowski and Brady playing oh on this team goodness. week one? Have I drank the Kool-Aid, William? Have I? I, I think you've drank it, Dominic, but I it's okay. We all do sometimes, and it may not even be that far-fetched. Brady's been linked to Miami for a while now, even before being asked in that interview about him potentially retiring. Uh, look, and there was a there was a... a, a you know, debate whether Miami would go after a, a quarterback in this offseason. They haven't. Crazier things have happened, Dominic. If there's one thing I know, it's not to try and predict in the NFL, and especially with Brady, right? We thought he was going to retire, comes back, joins uh, Tampa Bay. So I don't even think that's too far-fetched. Got to gotta wait and see. As a Dolphins fan and a guy who doesn't like Brady, I'm not sure I'd be able to deal with that, although it, it would seem like it'd be a fairly good fit. Um, Who's your tight end? Oh man, we're going with our boy Derm Smythe out of Notre Dame. He Ooh, was a tight end. We Derm Smythe. Who is Derm Smythe? Yeah, he's more of a blocking tight end. That's why I think losing Mike Kosicki will show its ugly head this season. He didn't be, wasn't used all that much in Miami, but I think he was still a great piece for them. And I think the tight end wasn't needed needed to address in this draft. Oh, man, did, I'm sorry, man. They did I'm sorry. On. This 
This smells like something's about to happen. I see a massive hole at tight end. I see a massive hole potentially at QB with a Tua that unfortunately is mauling retirement. So that is a huge red flag. Give me some Tom Brady. Give me some Gronkowski. Give me Miami to be competitive against the guys like Aaron Rodgers and Allen. That to me would be the best offseason story. I want to see it. Come on, Miami Dolphins. Bring it. Bring in Tom Brady. Bring in Gronkowski. Oh, man, Dominic. You got me mixed feelings right now. Mixed feelings, but I'll, I'll let it slide for now. Uh, later on in the draft, time, we talk about, you know, great picks. Uh, value picks have been also the theme of the show. Was there any pick later in this draft that you thought that, you know, surprised to see a player available this late and that th- be able to fit his team and potentially make an immediate impact on his new squad? Oh, yeah. Well, there's some inside linebackers that I absolutely loved. And we actually had one here right here in the third round in Dayan Henley. The Chargers, you know, they added weapons offensively and they're already starting to build a really good defense. But Dayan Henley, linebacker from Washington State for the Chargers. This guy is might be the best inside linebacker in this entire draft. You, you'll notice that they went pretty darn quick, those inside linebackers, because right after you got Trenton Simpson that got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, another great linebacker. If I were to put him top three, it probably would be maybe Hanley first, then Overshone, who Jalas drafted, and then Trenton Simpson. So expect all those three players to be impact players immediately in the NFL next year. Wow, I like it, Dom. Great stuff. I'm going to go all the way to round six, pick number 212, the smallest player in the draft, Deuce Vaughn, running back out of Kansas State, going to the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a great pick for them. I couldn't believe he was available at six. And I know he's short, very short. To say, I think I'll believe he may be the shortest player in NFL history. But this guy runs with purpose. He kind of reminds me of a Philip Lindsay um, when he was with the Denver Broncos. That's, you know, kind of run guys over and use his, I guess you could say, his small stature to his advantage. And, you know, just use that as a mental game. And I think we talk about Zeke potentially leaving for this Dallas Cowboys team. Deuce Vaughn here was a great pickup all the way at pick number 212 for the can for out of Kansas State for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that they hit a home run here to Dallas. Deuce Vaughn going to uh to America's team. I really like that pick. You nailed it, William. Deuce Vaughn will probably be at one point in the season the starting running back for the Dallas Cowboys. This guy is extremely difficult at five foot five to hit because he's just He's slippery. He finds the little holes and all that. Those guys could be the most annoyingest player in the NFL. If he could find a way to stay healthy throughout the entire season, I think the Dallas Cowboys have themselves an amazing weapon. And they need this weapon because I I don't think Pollard's going to be able to have an entire season under his belt. I really don't. So let's see Deuce Vaughn light it up next year. I'm excited for the Cowboys because, again, that first pick wasn't great. But they got overshone on the defensive side, and they got Deuce Vaughn on the offensive side, which I think will turn heads as well next year in the NFL. And how about the 128th pick, the winner, Stenson Bennett, going to the Los Angeles Rams. Look, the guy's a winner. Say what you want. Say is the, he won't work in the NFL. But the Los Angeles Rams got themselves a winner and a guy that knows how to win championships at the college level. I think, you know, it's a pick. Why not take a swing at it? Matthew Stafford's been rumored to be potentially taking his talents somewhere else or maybe even retiring. So good pick there for the Rams at 128. All right, folks, that is it for the show this week. There's so much more we could have talked about. Unfortunately, our show is only an hour. We'll be back uh, next week, same place, same time. Talk a little bit more about the draft, what we're looking for, and the schedule is being released within the next coming weeks. Super pumped in the NFL. Folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, like I said, we'll be back next week. Hope to see you then. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.